Hi everyone, Izzy S is here on my new Game Over podcast. Yeah, you heard that right, my new Game Over podcast. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Wednesday as I'm recording this. On this podcast, I'm going to be talking about what happened in football each week. And hopefully as basketball progresses past football season, I'll also talk about that. God willing, this is the first of many episodes on this podcast. I may occasionally bring in guests to talk about these topics with me, but sometimes I might be doing the same thing that I'm doing right now, which is just talking to you guys. I think I finished with, I'm finished with this introduction to the podcast, and now let's talk about football. Week two, like most weeks, was an except was an exciting and entertaining week for football fans, and it started out with a bang in FedEx Field on Thursday Night Football. Many people thought coming into this game that this was a schedule letdown compared to the to compared to the Thursday night showdown that we got the week before between Tom Brady and De- and Dak Prescott. And when you look at QBs and you compare them, Daniel Jones and Taylor Heineke are are on a or not in the same category as Tom Brady and Dak Prescott. But these quarterbacks proved them wrong the whole night. They both played exceptionally well during this game. And many people thought that this game would be a defensive effort between the Washington football giants, the Washington football team, and the New York football giants, but they were absolutely wrong. This was a high-scoring game like the week before between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. The Washington football team beat the New York football giants 30-29. to Both quarterbacks played exceptionally well. Taylor Heineke throwing 34-46-336 yards, two touchdowns, and only making really one mistake during the game. That was with three minutes, three like two and a half minutes left in the game where um, James Bradbury picked him off. And that was really his only mistake. Daniel Jones did not have any mistakes during this game. Throwing for 249 yards, one touchdown. Also adding nine carries for 95 yards and one touchdown. Both quarterbacks were highly impressive during this game. So to this this game was really close, and no no team really was up by a lot during this game. So, um, in the, the Giants really got out to a great start this game. They um Washington football team started off with the ball, and the, um the Giants forced the three and out, um th- forced the three and out, and Taylor Heineke got sacked by Aziz Elijahy there, there the Giants new rookie. He recorded his second sack of the season, and the Giants got the ball back, and they capitalized. They capped off a 11-play, 79-yard, 79-yard drive with a Daniel Jones six-yard run. And I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I'm really happy right now. Graham Gano made the extra point, seven nothing Giants, and this is a the, the Giants got off to a great start, seven nothing. And then in the second quarter, Taylor Heineke. Calm down, calmed himself down, and and they, the Washington football team went on a 13-play drive, 13-play, 90-yard drive, took seven minutes off the clock, and it was capped off by Terry, Terry McLaurin, 11-yard touchdown pass from Taylor Heineke. Terry McLaurin played great this game, 11 receptions, 107 yards, one touchdown. He got the lion's share of the targets for the Washington football t- team this game. Graham, Graham Gano, with four minutes left, hit a field goal to make to 
make the Giants up 10 to 7. And the Giants were leading 10 to 7. And I thought maybe this, the Giants could hold the Washington football team with four minutes left and hope. And the Giants got the ball ahead. So if they stopped the they stopped the Washington football, the WFT before, with four minutes left and maybe could have got the ball back and scored again. But instead, the Washington football team drove 12 plays, 84 yards, and they took three minutes and 48 seconds off the clock. And Taylor Heineke was really dealing this drive, and it was capped off also by J.D. McKissick's two-yard run, um, ex- making the Washington football team lead 14-10 going into the half. And it, um, Daniel Jones got sacked three times in the first half, which was very disappointing. I think he was holding on to the ball too long. And Washington football team was up 14-10 at the half. Um, yeah, yeah, really. So now the Giants get the ball 14-10, and they come out, uh, come out of the half. With a nine play, nine play, forty six yard drive, which took five six minutes off the clock, and Graham Gano, who's been who's one of the best kickers in the NFL, nailed a forty seven yard field goal to to cut the deficit to one fourteen thirteen the Washington football team, and this is this game was really close, and um, fortunately for the Giants, they stopped Taylor Heineke again, and the Giants got the ball back. And the Giants were Daniel Jones was dealing to this game. He was start, he was using that read option of his to get, um rush for some yards, and he was really playing really well. And so the so they so they got the ball back, and it took them seven plays and sixty five yards in two minutes and fifty seconds. And this drive was. They scored a touchdown with a beautiful throw from Daniel Jones to Darius Slayton to extend to um for the Giants to lead twenty to fourteen. I'm very happy right now. I think the Giants are gonna win. They were in they're in control of this game now. Twenty to fourteen. Taylor Heineke still hasn't scored in the second half. And I think the Giants I thought the Giants adjusted to Taylor Heineke and and are and are on the verge of winning this game. But then the Taylor Heineke, he gets the ball now, and he drives 44 yards in seven plays, take up three minutes of to- three minutes of clock, and cuts the lead to three with a field goal, a 49-yard field goal from Dustin Hopkins. So the Giants get the ball. Entering the fourth quarter, the Giants are up 20 to 17. As a Giants fan, I'm happy. I'm fine. And Graham and the Giants get the ball back, and they cap up. They get it. They they drive six plays, forty-one yards, solid drive. Daniel Jones is still playing good. He hasn't made a mistake yet. hasn't got He hasn't thrown gotten that turnover that he had against the Broncos, and he was he was protecting the ball that like which he should be doing, and Graham Gano hit a fifty-two yard field goal. He wasn't missing this game. And they were up 23-17. They were up by six points with 13 minutes left. So, I and then Taylor Heineke, he kept on, he was driving down the, he drive, he drove down the field for 56 yards, 56 in 11 plays, which took up four minutes, and they only got a field goal. So, they keep on trading field goals, but that's not really going to help the Washington football team with them being down 
always by six, and only a field goal cuts the deficit down to three. So, so it made it twenty-three to twenty. So the Washington football team and the, so the Giants were in control most of the second half, and again the Giants get another field goal, but this time with six minutes left, Daniel Jones at the fifty-yard line. He, they had the Washington football team blown blew their coverage. Darius staying wide open with for wide open by like ten yards by the by the touchdown, and he dropped the ball, and that was heartbreak for the Giants, and they could have extended their lead thirty to twenty instead, which is a drastic difference. They only led by six, which is still a one possession game. So four fifty left, they're up twenty six to twenty. I'm like maybe they can hold Taylor Heineke. Maybe the Giants could still hold on for this win and improve to one and one. This is a very important game. This was a very important game for them. And then Taylor Heineke answered back with a, only two using only two plays, seventy five yards. They hit, he hit McKissick for uh, for a lot of yards and it, like when it's they were at the twenty five yard line and he hit McKissick with a nasty route and. It went. I think they got into the Giants. They went. They got into the red zone, and and Taylor Heineke, the second play of the drive, Taylor Heineke throws throws a beautiful ball to Ricky Seals Jones, a 19-yard touchdown pass, and now Washington's leading 27-26. So they got. So they're up 27-26. The Giants get the ball. I'm like, okay, Andrews dealing this whole entire game. Hopefully he could. Um, get the game winning field goal, but that's not how it turned out. They unexpected, unexpectedly, they go three and out. So they're de- so it's twenty six, twenty seven, three and out with three minutes left. They punt the ball to Washington, to Washington, to the football team, and t- it's looking like the the Washington football team is gonna run the run the clock out, and the hopes of the Giants winning this game is very slim, but. But then, so three minutes left, they run the ball with Antonio Gibson at like they were at their own like 15 yard line. They run the ball with with Antonio Gibson and he gets 11 yards. I'm like this game might be over for the Giants. I'm very disappointed in them. They were in control this whole second half and this is how the game's gonna end with a, with just running the clock out. But unexpectedly, the play of the game. So they're doing the the. Football team was doing short passes because the Giants were playing soft coverage for some reason, and they and Taylor Heineke he's dropping dropping back second down and seven, and he 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 sees Terry McLaurin a five yard catch as he does as he did routinely this whole entire game and he looked and he looked for him and he was open he thought he was open, and James Battery jumped jumped for the ball and he caught it interception. From the um, James Brady, who was getting burned all day, redeemed himself with this interception, and the Giants are at their at the football team's twenty yard line, and if they get one first down, the game's over, and and you're you're hoping maybe the Giants could be be creative, getting this first down, just winning the game instead. So they get the ball with two minutes left, two minutes and fifteen seconds left, and you're hoping maybe they could be creative or something, trying to get the first down, maybe use the read option. Because they've been they've been killing the football team with the read option, and they decide not to. They decide to run it two two times with Saquon Barkley, 
only gaining three yards. Saquon Barkley, he had a 41-yard run, and and he looked like the 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 rookie, the number two pick. But other than that, he was really contained by the football team's defense. So they ran it two times with um Saquon Barkley. They only got three yards, so they're facing a third and seven. Washington football team used two of their timeouts. If they got this first down, the game would be over, and they would just kick a game-winning field goal for the win. But instead. So Sterling Shepard, he he was he was kind of open, but Daniel Jones, um, who was really who was played great this game, I have no complaints on how he played. He threw the ball a little behind him and it hit his hands, but it went off his hands and the and the pass was incomplete. So now it's fourth and seven, around like two minutes and five seconds left, and Graham Gano hits a thirty-five yard field goal, and the Giants only wasted sixteen seconds. 16 seconds of playing time, and they're up 29 to 27. I'm like, okay, they got to stop this college student, Taylor Heineke. He was, he's dealing this whole entire game. He's playing a phenomenal game. He only had one mistake. Hopefully, he's rattled by it, but they, they came back, so football team has about two, two minutes. They're, they're going to a two-minute drill, and to, they're driving right now, so they, it was third and 10, I think, they passed Antonio Gibson for nine yards, fourth and one, one minute and 23 seconds left. They hand it off, and they get the first step. So then they hit Logan Thomas, some minutes off the clock. Then they hit Adam Humphrey, Humphrey on an out route and for five yards. And they're at, like... They're like they're at like a fifty-four yard field goal attempt with like thirty sec, like thirty seconds left without their timeout, and they hit um McLaurin on a short pass where Bradbury almost tipped it, and it was a phenomenal catch by um McLaurin to make it a forty-yard field, forty-eight yard field goal. Um, the Giants are up twenty-nine twenty-seven, so. Right, like I'm just praying that Dustin Hopkins misses, which he hasn't been doing this whole entire game, and he kicks the ball and it goes wide right. I am going out of my mouth. I'm losing my mind. The Washington football fans, I, I thought were in heartbreak. They were going home. The 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 football fan, the Washington football team's fans were going home in disgust with Dustin Hopkins missing the field goal. But hold on, wait a minute. There's a flag on the field, and the ref is like offsides number ninety seven Dexter Lawrence, and I'm just so upset right now. I'm in depression mode. I thought the Giants improved to one and one, a great win against the football team, and an inspired win, winning the game twenty nine to twenty seven. Daniel Jones looked great, and this was a positive. This this was a that that was a positive. That was the only positive really to come out of the game, and it was so. so I thought they were they won the game twenty nine twenty seven. Instead, the offsides really killed the Giants, so it made it. F- 43 yard 43 yard line 43 yard kick and Dustin Hopkins it looks like it's going wide right again but then it moves in and it goes into the uprights for the game winning field goal and all Giants fans were in a heart a heart rate they, they were heartbroken and the Giants fall to 0-2 last place in the NFC sadly Washington football team is in first place with 1-1 then Philip and then speaking about Washington football team improved. They were they were 0 and 1 and they improved to 1 and 1 and now they're in first place in the NFC East. So that the great win for the Washington football team and Giants fans 
are left heartbroken with another L for them falling to 0-2. And they, they fell to 0-2 like the past four seasons. And it's just been... Sterling Shepard really had a great game. Nine receptions, 94 yards. If you had him in fantasy as a Giants fan, you should be happy about that. He's really been... He's really been very impressive. Kenny Galladay only got three receptions, 38 yards, so he didn't play so good. But McLaurin really, he dish, he he really burnt on James Bradbury and got the best out of him. But James Bradbury, he redeemed himself with that pick, but they still ended up losing, sadly. So I'll tell you the stats quickly right now. The total yards, Giants 391, Washington 407 with the Taylor Heineke-led offense. One turnover for the Washington football team with that interception with three minutes left. It's zero for the Giants. The time of possession, the Giants actually won this 31-28. to And first downs, Washington football team had 25, and the Giants had 21. I think the deciding factor of this game was just the defense, the Giants' defense they couldn't get the stops when they needed to, and they unfortunately fall up to 0-2, and the Washington football team is in first place in the NFC East. So now, wait one second, I'm going to, okay, one second everyone, one minute, oh. Okay, now let's talk about the Saints versus Panthers. So the Saints are coming off this win against the Pan- against the Packers. They manhandled. Them. They beat down them. They out. They were just. They destroyed the Packers, winning thirty eight to three. So now they're coming into Carolina. People, everyone thinks New Orleans. They look very impressive in their first in week one. And Jameis Winston looked great, and they 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 were the favorites to win this game. They they were the favorites to win this game. The Panthers, who were coming off a a victory against the Jets, nobody really talked about that because after all, they are the Jets who they beat. Sam Darnold played great against the Jets, but they were playing the Jets. So the Saints were coming off a, a inspired win against the Packers, and. Coming off an inspired win against the Packers, and I, I, I th- also me, I thought that the Saints would beat the Panthers, but that was not the case at all. The, the Sam Darnold played great this game, and the Panthers were really in control this whole entire game, leading 17-0 at half with Bryden's, the uh, Sam Darnold with 12 minutes left with with to start off the game. He he hit um he capped off the drive with a twenty yard pass to Brandon Zaystra, so and Carolina led seven nothing and from that point on, the Panthers were were in control of this game the whole entire game, and Zane Gonzalez in the second quarter, they they um had a drive for fifteen plays sixty four yards, eight minutes left and Zane Gonzalez had a twenty yard field goal time to um. Improve their improve their lead to ten to zero, and James Winston really couldn't get their offense going. Only throwing, having a fifty percent completion rate, eleven for twenty two, one hundred and eleven yards, two interceptions, a very unimpressive um 
uh, unimpressive game for him, especially coming off the efficient um, 14 for 20 performance with five touchdowns against the Packers, and he really couldn't get their offense going. Also, when you when you see that three that Jameis Winston is the leading rushing rushing yard rush, he's the leading he's the leading in rushing yards. Three carries, 19 yards. Really, like Alvin Kamara was a non-factor in this game. So, was, and Christian McCaffrey played like his usual self: 24 carries, 72 yards, one touchdown, and he was he played great. Um, so they were up 10 nothing with 11 minutes left in the second quarter. They get the ball. They get the ball with um, and they score an. A two from a, um Sam Darnold throws a two yard touchdown pass to DJ Moore and the Panthers are up seventeen nothing going into the half, and I was surprised to say the least because the Saints I thought they were gonna build off that thirty eight to three um butt whooping that they did to the Packers and they couldn't they, if anything they downgraded and they were down seventeen nothing I'm very surprised I'm like maybe. The Saints with Sean Payton, maybe he can um say something in the locker room to wake them up, but he couldn't. So seven, so they didn't. No, nobody scored in the third quarter, and the fourth quarter, um, Jameis cap um, I think they get a turnover and off an interception. I'm not sure though, but Jameis he runs it with 14 minutes left. He they do a they have a five yard. Five play drive, eighteen yards, and Jameis Winston gets an eight yard run. So I'm like seventeen seven. The Saints still have a chance to get back in this game. Hopefully, the more experienced Saints could pull out this win, but that was not the case. Christian McCaffrey put the game away with an eleven yard run, um, and capping off a seven play, fifty three yard drive, which took two minutes and forty nine seconds off the clock. And when they were up twenty three to seven with five minutes left, I knew the game was decided. The final score ended up being twenty six to seven. Saints were. Um, you could also in. Uh, you could also point the finger to the fact that the Saints were missing eight head coaches, uh, eight, eight, eight assistant coaches due to COVID. So that that may be a, a factor to the reason why they lost twenty six to seven. Um, their leading wide receiver was L Humphrey. One reception, 27 yards, which is unacceptable. DJ Moore had a great game, eight receptions, 79 yards, one touchdown. And to, now let's go over the stats. New Orleans only had 128 total yards. This was an atrocious game for them. Carolina had 383. They're in control of this game. New Orleans had two turnovers with the two interceptions coming from Jameis Winston. Looking like his like looking like his days from the from Tampa Bay, just throwing interceptions and throwing it to the other team. Time of possession. This is what really killed the Saints. Thirty eight minutes for the Car- the Carolina Panthers and twenty nine twenty one minutes for the Saints. And in this league, if you lose this, if you lose the time of possession by seventeen minutes, and you only have a to- um one hundred twenty eight total yards. You're gonna get. You're gonna lose by a score of twenty six to seven, like nine out of ten times. And first downs twenty eight to Carolina had twenty eight first downs, six for New Orleans. This was to, this was not even close at all. And the Panthers surprisingly have are two and zero. I think Matt Rule has developed this team, and 
they're they're a dark horse playoff team, and they could be a player to make the playoffs in the NFC South division. They are in, they are they are in second place right now, currently. Tampa Bay's two and zero, and they're two and they just won a division game against the Saints, which is big for them. Sam Donald really looks impressive getting out of New York. He looks like a totally new quarterback, and. You, we might we might we might have jumped on that Jameis Winston bandwagon too early after that 38 to three win, because now only uh, unimpressive game for him, 11 for 22, 111 yards. So, so the Carolina Panthers improved to two and zero and won a division game against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints looked unprepared at all with their seven, where the eight uh, um assistant coaches missing. And the Saints are one and one in third place in their NFC South division. Now let's talk about the Cincinnati Chicago Bears game. This was really an ugly game to watch. The Bears coming off their, the off them off uh, off their man. They're getting them at. They're coming off them getting manhandled in. At SoFi Stadium against the Rams, they're coming to Soldier. They're coming to their home turf, Soldier Field, and against the Cincinnati Bengals, who 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 actually won against the Vikings in Week One, which was very impressive. From I thought, I thought, I thought they would for sure beat the Chicago Bears, who who looked horrible um Week One against the Rams, and this was an ugly game from the start. No, no offense was scoring. Andy Dalton got hurt during this game, and I think he tried coming back, but Justin Fields ultimately um ended finished this game. So, um, Chicago scored early. Allen Robinson, eleven yard touchdown pass from Andy Dalton, and I they scored uh, on their first possession of the game. But other than that, Chicago couldn't really score until the fourth, and Joe Burrow was completely neutralized, doing absolutely nothing for the first three quarters. Joe Mixon also, he had a very impressive game against the Vikings, but he could not build off that, only having 20 carries for 69 yards. Not not impressive at all. Tyler Boyd, their leading receiver, seven receptions, 73 yards. David Montgomery also he played a, he was he was the really the only impressive one against the Rams he he really was not impressive only twenty carries sixty one yards so this was a really a defensive showdown and Fields took over for um injured Dalton and the Bears the Bears were winning seven to seven to three entering the fourth entering the fourth quarter and in the fourth quarter. Justin Fields led them eight plays, twenty nine yards for a twenty eight yard field goal. So Chicago was up ten to three, and and then this is the game changing play. Joe Burrow, he threw throws a pick six, fifty three yard a pick six to Roquan Smith, to and Chicago's up seventeen to three at Soldier Field. I think Bears fans were very happy about this. The defense was showing signs of them being the twenty eight twenty eighteen. Feared one of the best events in the league. They looked phenomenal this week against the Bengals. They re- they Joe Burrow did not look like himself at all. So he threw a pick six. Joe Burrow to 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 be to to improve their deficit to seventeen and three to seven. So so Joe Burrow was losing seventeen to three, and then Joe Burrow throws another pick. 
and then um the um the uh, Justin Field uh, and then the um Bears hit a uh, hit a field a twenty three yard field goal, and now it's twenty to three. I'm like this game, this thing is over. The Bengals cannot build off that win, and I thought they would be improved to two and zero, and and be and I thought they were to they were gonna improve to two and zero, but unfortunately they couldn't. This was a horrible game from the Bengals, and it was twenty to three. But then Burrow got the ball back, uh, and he threw um he capped off a six play seventy five yard drive, only wasting two minutes off the clock. With a 42-yard touchdown pass to Jamarte, so now it's 20 to 10. Four minutes left. You still, it's un, it's really, um, it's you really think there's still, you still think that the Bears are gonna win 20 to 10 with four minutes left. They could just run the clock out, but then Justin Fields he throws an interception. Justin Fields was not impressive at all, only being six for 13, 60 yards, one interception, unimpressive at all. And he threw a pick, so you're like, okay, maybe the Bengals have some hope. And uh, Joe Burrow caps off that pick with a seven-yard touchdown pass to T. Higgins, a one uh, only taking four, four, four seconds off the clock. So with three minutes and 39 seconds, Cincinnati has uh, has made it a game. Now it's 20 to 17, and the Bengals have all the momentum. So I'm thinking, okay, the Bengals they ha- they had a atrocious three and a half. Three and a three and um three quarters and like half the fourth quarter, and now the the last three minute the last three minutes they scored fourteen points and now it's twenty to seventeen with three minutes and thirty nine seconds. Justin Fields is not looking good at all, and maybe the Bengals could come back and win win this win this game. Uh, but Justin Fields credit um credit to him he ran out the clock and uh. Bengals lost this game twenty to seventeen. This is an ugly win for the Bears, an ugly game all around. This was a low scoring game until the fourth quarter. They just they, they did not know how to score until the fourth quarter, and they scored by default really just on turnovers. So now so the Chicago Bears improved to one and one and one and zero at home. They won in Soldier Field, and the Bengals, um, they don't they lose this game they lose a very winnable game and they're one and one now and let's just go over the stats right now real quick Cincinnati had four turnovers this was the deciding factor in the game Chicago only had one which was the Justin Fields interception in the fourth quarter that almost made this this game actually a game but 16 for only 16 first downs for Chicago 14 for Cincinnati so that was really close 31 minutes of time possession time of possession for Chicago and 28 for Cincinnati and the total yards was only 248 uh, and the, the total yards Cincinnati actually won this 248 yards for Cincinnati 206 for Chicago so, so Joe Burrow had a a really not um an an awful game an awful perform, performance for him Justin Fields replaced replaced um Dalton and he didn't also really play well. He was just trying to to um to keep that lead and and he did he did that credit to him. So the Bears they are in the Bears the Bears are now in second place. They're one and one. 
Um, first place is Green Bay. Detroit, Detroit, and Minnesota are both 0-2. So Bears are in second place, honestly, and that's pretty. That's decent for them. And the Bengals are in last place. Their division is really tough. Every single team is one and one. So, yes, this was this was really not a not an enter not not really an offensive showing. So and it wasn't really entertaining. But the Bears came out of Soldier Field with a win, and the Bengals left left Chicago with an L. Now, let's talk about the. The Cleveland Browns versus Houston Texans. This is at Cleveland. The the, the Texans are 13.5 point underdogs. This is supposed to be a blowout. And and it started like a blowout. So the, um, the uh, um, Browns, they, with 11 minutes left, they didn't score on the first drive. The Texans, like um, looking like the Texans fumble, fumble, catching a um a punt return, trying to catch it, they're trying to catch a punt and they fumble, and um, they they capitalize on that the Browns as any good team should as any, as any good team should yeah, so they they have a four play thirty five yard drive. Set and um, Andy Janovich, their fullback, ran it in a one-yard touchdown run, seven nothing Cleveland, um, um, seven nothing yeah Cleveland. So everyone thought, okay, this is this this is the start of a blowout. But Tyrod Taylor had something to say about that. He was really impressive. He got injured really in like the second second third second second quarter, which really um open the game up for the Browns. So he had something to say about this and after after being down seven nothing they got the ball back to the Texans and they used four minutes of the clock and they capped it off with a Tyrod Taylor throwing a twenty two yard touchdown pass to Philip Lindsay, tying the game up seven up. So I'm really surprised by this because Houston is really supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league and they're they they hung in they hung in with a um they hung in with the with the Browns, one of the best teams in the NFL in the first quarter. So then, um, in the second quarter, in the second quarter, the Texans get the ball get the ball um with like nine minutes left in the second quarter, and it's still seven up. And Tyrod Taylor one, I think runs it in. Yeah, I think so. Tyrod Taylor runs it in, I think, to lead the Cleveland Browns 14 to 7, 15 yard run. And on this play, Tyrod Taylor got, looked a little bit like injured. So he wasn't he wasn't really celebrating like like he wasn't really celebrating after scored after he scored. So I thought I thought something was wrong, but I didn't know that he was really injured and he was going to be out for the rest of the game. And Baker Mayfield ran the ball in five yard touchdown run and Baker Mayfield was really efficient 19 for 21 19 for 21 213 yards one touchdown one rushing one touchdown pass one rushing for a touchdown and he threw one interception and he got injured on that play but he shook it off and came back and he and came back so so I think so. Baker tied the game. It was fourteen. 
It was 14 up, and the Texans were hanging in with the Browns, and that was really surprising for me, for me honestly, and for, I think, all football fans. So it was 14-14 entering the second half, and Tyra Taylor was out in the second half, and Davis Mills looked like a third-round rookie quarterback would look, and he was unprepared. And their rushing game, they're rushing, like, if you're really going to have a rookie quarter, a third-round rookie quarterback, then you're going to have to support him with a running game. And that, they, didn't, they couldn't do that against the Browns. Mark Ingram being their leading rusher, only 14 carries, 41 yards. So the, the, the Browns capitalized off, this in, off the injury of Tyrod Taylor. And they, they, got the, they got the ball back. They got the ball back in the third quarter with 12 minutes left. And they they had they um they used a seven play seventy two yard seventy seventy two yard drive, and it was it was capped capped off by Baker Mayfield thirty three yard touchdown pass to Demetric Felton to 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 really um for the for the Browns to get the lead twenty one to fourteen. So I'm at this point I think. Okay, now the Houston Texans does not have their starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor out. He was really impressive in the first half, and I think the Browns are gonna pull away right now. It's twenty-one to fourteen. I think all the momentum shifted to the Browns, and they stopped Davis Mills again, and they they got um and they kicked the field goal to improve their lead to twenty-four to fourteen. But unexpectedly, Davis Mills, Davis Mills. He leads the he leads the Texans he leads the Texans in the four, um um he leads the Texans on a 16 play 75 yard drive 75 yard drive in eight minutes and with 11 minutes left he threw a two yard touchdown to Brandon Cooks and you're like and it it cut the deficit down to three it was from it was from 10 to three and you're like okay okay the te- the Texans maybe have a chance in this game but then. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb ran, um, got a 26-yard touchdown run, and it was 21 to 31, Cleveland, and I really think that sealed the game. The Browns only did not cover the spread, the 13 and a half spread, 13 and a half points spread. They only beat the Texans 31 to 21. I think the Texans are actually are are really impressive this season, um, especially especially including the low expectations that they had coming into the season. They were supposed to be like 0-16. They destroyed the Jaguars week one, and they they held with the Browns in most of this game. It wasn't really a blowout. It's not, it wasn't really a 10-point game this whole, that, that whole entire game. I think Tara Taylor really was a factor into why the Browns won this game, even, like won, even won this game at all. Brandon Cooks really had played great really has been playing great this season. Nine receptions, 78 yards, one touchdown, the leading receiver for the Texans. The the um Jarvis Landry left the game early, um left the game early, so they're um the um the Cleveland Browns leading receiver was was Demetric Felton, two receptions, fifty one yards. So the 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 um the Browns really Really, they only threw for 213 yards. They were really powered by their running game. Nick Chubb, 11 carries, 95 yards, one touchdown. A really good game, and a really good game for him. And the Browns, 
improved to one and one after they they played great against the Chiefs, and now they're one and one. They're in third place in the division, but their whole, all their whole division is one and one. I think they really are Super Bowl contenders, and the fact that Houston hung in there for three quarters, I think that's really impressive. Houston unexpectedly first place with a one and one record, Tennessee's in second. So Houston has been surprising people, and the Cleveland Browns won um won this game, which was to be expected. So yeah, let's. Uh, I'm just gonna talk about the stats real quick. Three so three hundred two total for the total yards. Three hundred two for Houston. Three fifty five for Cleveland. So they didn't really win. The, they didn't really win big. Cleveland didn't really win big in this category. The turnovers two two turnovers for each team. Time of possession, Cleveland. That was, I think this was also a factor to to them winning this game. Thirty five minutes for Cleveland, twenty four minutes. So the the Houston got Houston lost the, the time of possession by eleven minutes, and they um used for first downs. Houston only got seventeen, and Cleveland had twenty two. So at the end of the day, Cleveland improved to one and one, and Art is in uh, and their whole division is one and one. And the Houston Texas Texans fall to one and one, but they are in first place in their in their division, and they're off to a really good start, for, for, um really good start on the season, especially including their low expectations. So now let's talk about the twenty seven to tw- the Los Angeles Rams against the Indianapolis Colts. This game really. Uh, this game is a really good game, honestly. Cooper Cup going off nine receptions, one sixty three yards, two touchdowns. I think that was the that was really the headline. M- Matt Stafford played. Matt Stafford really played good. He looked really good in the first quarter, but then like cooled a little bit down. Nineteen for thirty, two seventy eight, two touchdowns, and only one interception. He in the first quarter, Cooper Cooper Cup. Um, Cooper, yeah, Cooper Cup, he was going off and with, with so they got the ball back. They got the ball back. They got the ball back with seven minutes left in the first quarter, and they used five minutes of clock, capping off the drive. He plays ninety-yard drive with a sixteen-yard pass to Cooper Cup. I think they got the ball at the ten-yard line because the the Colts got got in the red zone and they couldn't um. They couldn't convert a fourth down, so and it was a turnover on downs, and that was one of the many stands that the Rams had in the red zone. So it's seven nothing, Rams early, and in the second quarter, Rodrigo Blankenship kicks a forty-eight yard field goal, seven to three, um, with fourteen minutes for, with with like fourteen minutes and fifty-two seconds left. Carson Wentz had a decent game, but he threw a costly interception in the red zone, trying to flip it for. Flip it, flip it to I think their tight end for a touchdown, but it was unexpectedly picked off. And twenty for thirty-one, two forty-seven, one touchdown, one interception, a solid game for him. And so it was seven to three, um, LA Rams against the Indianapolis Colts. Michael Pittman um had a a really good game, eight receptions, one twenty-three yards. So it was seven three, um. LA Rams against the Indianapolis Colts and Matt Gay hits a field goal to extend their lead to ten to three. I think Indianapolis had three three drives in the red zone in the first half and they only got three points out of it. Uh, uh, or 
or three. No, they got. I think they got zero points out of it because their field goals were not in the red zone. So, so it was seven to three. Mac extended their lead to ten to three, and Rodrigo playing a chip cut the deficit to four. So it was ten to six. LA Rams going into the half. Cooper Cup really had a really impressive game, as I said before. So going into the third quarter, the LA Rams get the the Rams get the ball first to start the third quarter. To start the third quarter, and they go on a seven-play, seventy-four-yard drive in, in a span of three minutes and twenty-four seconds, and it's capped off with a two-yard touchdown run with Dara Henderson extending their lead by seventeen, 17 to six. And at this point, I thought, okay, maybe the Rams won this game already, and it's over. So seventeen to six, but then. The, the Carson Wentz responds. A credit to him. He they go on an eleven play seventy four yard drive in a span of five minutes and thirty eight seconds. Zach and it's capped off with a Zach Pascal eight yard touchdown pass. And they also got a two yard the two point conversion to cut their deficit down to three. So now all of a sudden this is a game. It was from seventeen six seventeen to six down to 17-14, and now the Colts are really in this game, and they have a chance to win this game. And then they got the um, the special teams of the Colts coming clutch with a block punt touchdown to to make, to make have them leading 21-17. to And now, really, Colts fans are feeling it right now. They were down 17-6. to They they uh, they scored um unanswered 15 straight points. So now they're re- the momentum is shifting like crazy, but then Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup have the connection and nine plays, fifty-eight yard drive, capped off with a Cooper Cup touchdown to to um get their lead back to twenty-four twenty-one, and this really is a really close game twenty-four twenty-one, and and then um uh, Carson Wentz gets the ball back and credit to him he drives his team down down the field, nine play, 58-yard drive, and Rodrigo, Rodrigo Blankenship hits a 35-yard field goal to tie this game up. And so, and then Matt Stafford, he gets the ball after the field goal, and Matt, Matt Stafford, and he drives 55 yards down the field and wasting five minutes of clock. With two minutes and 23 seconds left, Matt Gay hits a 38-yard field goal, 27-24. And I think the Colts are going to hit the field goal. But then I look I look at the QB in the game, and Carson Wentz isn't in there. And he got injured, Carson Wentz. That, that's that's the problem with Carson Wentz his whole entire career. He's injury-prone. And the and really, um, an ability in football is availability. And Carson Wentz hasn't been hasn't really been available to his team and this this is a this is a problem that could cost the team the team the game and Jacob Eason had to come in Eason has has to come in 2 minutes and 23 2 minutes and 23 seconds to um to drive their to drive their team down the field and and hit a field goal to tie the game and force the game into overtime and on like I think the first or second throw he throws an interception to Jalen Ramsey and that seals the game and the Rams improved to two and oh. I think they're really impressive. They're one of the Super Bowl contenders in the NFC. They're in second place in the in their division, but I think the NFC West is their t- their teams the teams are loaded in that division. 
So the Los Angeles Rams look very impressive with Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup has been amazing this season. So that's that. And the Indianapolis Colts, who really were expected to be a playoff team this season, they fall to 0-2. Unfortunately, their schedule, they played the Seahawks, which was a really tough game. And they lost that 28-16, and they lose this game 27-24. This was a really close game, this whole entire game. So now just to say the stats, for, like I do for every single game, the Rams, 371 yards. So the Indianapolis Colts, 354 yards. This wasn't really a big difference. And two turnovers for the LA Rams. With a block, with a um block punt, I think I don't I don't know if it's counted as a turnover, but an interception from, an interception, from uh, Matthew Stafford is one turnover, but I don't know about the other, and two turnovers from the Indianapolis Colts with one interception from Carson Wentz in the red zone. I think the Colts, um, in the first half, um, failing to capitalize on their red zone opportunities, and really not not scoring touchdowns when were, when they were needed, really lost on this game. And the first downs, Indianapolis won this. 22 first downs for Indianapolis, 21 for the LA Rams. And they won also the the um, the time of possession by 31 minutes to 28 minutes. So to cap this off, the Colts fall to 0-2, and the Rams improve to 2-0 and and look like NFC play NFC Super Bowl content. NFC Super Bowl contenders. Now let's talk about the the Denver Broncos Jacksonville Jaguars game. This game, entering this game, the Broncos coming off a great win against the Giants, where they completely destroyed them, twenty seven thirteen, and the Jaguars were coming off them getting destroyed against the Texans, which was very unexpected. Many people thought the Jaguars would beat the Texans, but and and they just their defense couldn't couldn't um contain Tyrod Taylor as they let up 37 points. So um the Jaguars got off to a great start in this game, get getting the ball first and they drove 11 plays, 83 yards. Trevor Lawrence looked like the like the college the look look great like the college cube. He looked like he was in college. 25 yard touchdown pass to Marvin Jones to capitalize that drive. 7 nothing Jacksonville saw. This was unexpected. I'm like, okay, maybe the Jaguars could somehow win this game. But the, the Denver Broncos defense adjusted. And so in the in the first quarter, it's after, after they let up the touchdown, Teddy Bridgewater drives the team down 61 yards in 13 plays in a span of 8 minutes and 55 seconds, a really long drive. And... They hit a field goal, Brandon McManus, a 32-yard field goal. Teddy Bridgewater actually really playing good this game. 26 for 34, 328 yards, two t- touchdowns. He really, he, he really is not gonna he he's not gonna lose you games and he's not gonna win you games. And he's really been impressive for the Broncos, honestly. Jamal Williams, 13 carries, 64 yards, solid. Corlin Sutton also, he really got the lion's share of targets in this game. Nine receptions, 159 yards. So the Denver Broncos are down 7-3 to three at the end of the first quarter. I'm really surprised. But, uh, and with five minutes in the, in the second quarter, the Jacksonville still up 7-3, to three and the defense is looking pretty impressive. But then, with five minutes left, um, 
Broncos get the ball back, and Bridgewater drives the drives the team down 80 yards in eight plays in the span of four minutes, and caps off the drive with a 12-yard pass to Tim Patrick, and Denver leads 10-7 entering the third quarter. So Denver's up 10-7, to um, and then I think they got the ball. Yeah, they got the ball to start the half. Start the half. And four, they drive it down the field, four plays, 75 yards. And Noble Fan catches a 14-yard pass from Teddy Bridgewater to extend their lead to 10 points, 17-7. And by this point, Denver is in control of this game. The Broncos' defense adjusted to the first um, to the first drive of Jacksonville. And the, the Jaguars couldn't score until the fourth quarter, really. So and they didn't really even score. It was a kick return touchdown. So it's seventeen to seven, and Trevor Lawrence is not looking good at all. His first two games, fourteen for thirty-three, inefficient, one hundred eighteen yards only, one touchdown and two interceptions. This really a bad game from Trevor Lawrence, and he's he's not living up to that number one overall pick that he should be living up to. And he was supposed to um. He was supposed to be a can't miss pro- prospect, but maybe it's Trevor. Maybe this is Trevor Lawrence's fault, or it's just the Jaguars being a, a really, a really bad team. So, so seventeen to seven, and I think the game's over by now. The the um the Jaguars can't score, and the Broncos get the ball back with four minutes left in the third quarter. They drive the um um off a turnover. They drive down the field twenty four yards twenty. They drive, they drive down the field 24 yards in seven plays, using only three minutes of clock to hit a 46-yard field goal, 20 to seven. Brandon McManus is honestly also one of the best kickers in the NFL. He's honestly one of the more underrated kickers. And then the Jaguars really their offense they couldn't get they couldn't resemble their their first drive and they couldn't get going after that first drive. And they couldn't really score, so the 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 Broncos get the ball back again with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. Nine play, seventy-two yard drive, four, in a span of four minutes and forty-nine seconds. And Brandon McManus hits a forty-yard field goal to extend their lead to sixteen points. And by this point, the game's over. But then they give them a sliver of they give Jackson Jack um Jacksonville. The Jag- Jaguars fans a, sl- a, sl- a sliver of hope by returning a hundred and a hundred and two yard kickoff return, and to to make the lead twenty three to thirteen. And if you're like, if Trevor Lawrence could do something and and complete the and complete the two point conversion, that it would be twenty three to fifteen a uh, one possession game. But instead, he couldn't do that, and it was the the um the lead remained at ten for the for the for the um Broncos and it was a two possession game and by 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 that point the game was was over so Trevor Lawrence really I told I told you his stats already James Robinson he was supposed to, he 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 was really good last season he was one of the best running backs in fantasy and he's not looking really good this season. Only 11 carries, 47 yards. Urban Meyer is not really utilizing him. I think Urban Meyer is not really utilizing him to his fullest potential. 
and he's really not off to a good start of the season. Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones really, he he really only looked good in the on the first drive. Six receptions, fifty-five yards, one touchdown. But Cortland Sutton really impressive. He had a career day, and and he looks like the the wide receiver one in Denver. So the Denver Broncos are improved to two and L, improved to two and L, and Jacksonville Jaguars fall to zero and two, looking like the worst team in the NFL. So I'm just gonna go over the stats like I usually do. Three hundred and ninety-eight total yards for Denver, only a hundred and eighty-nine yards for Jacksonville. Disappointing effort for the Jacksonville Jaguars, considering their fir- their their first drive. Turnovers, two interceptions from Trevor Lawrence. Teddy Bridgewater did not turn over the ball. Zero turnovers. That that's also a factor into why they won this game, and also the time of possession is real. They just they they. Um, the Denver had the ball for 38 minutes. The Jacksonville's only 21, and Denver Denver had 22 first downs. The Jacksonville's 12. So, Denver Broncos are the only two uh, are one of the one of the two teams that in the NFC in the AFC that remain with a 2-0 record. Um, and they look really impressive, and they could be a playoff factor, but also their division is really tough. The Raiders are looking impre- are looking really impressive. The um the Kansas City Chiefs, we already know they are, and the Chargers, they look like they improved in the offseason. So this is a really tough division, but the Broncos look impressive this season. Jacksonville Jaguars, they look really disappointing. Trevor Lawrence is not showing his potential, potential at all. James Robinson is not looking good. And Urban Meyer, yeah, he's got to realize that you can't just recruit players anymore. You got to develop your team, the team that you have. And he's not doing that right now. And 23 to 13, a final score. Now let's talk about the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. The Bills knocked out Tua, and they they really destroyed the Miami Dolphins, thirty five to nothing. Josh Allen was really unimpressive, honestly, only throwing for one hundred seventy nine yards, two touchdowns, one interception. But the Buffalo Bills defense just they it it shut down the Dolphins' offense. So in the first quarter. 46-yard run from Devin, 46-yard touchdown run from Devin Singletary, and he looked impressive to start the game. He carried 13 carries, 82 yards, one touchdown. Really impressive game for him. Stephon Diggs only got four receptions, 60 yards. So it's not like the Bills were dominating on offense with with Josh Allen throwing for 400 yards, Stephon Diggs catching for 100 yards. It was not the case at all. It was just like a very well balanced game from the Bills. Their defense shut down the Dolphins' offense, and that's what really won them the game. It's it like the Dolphins' defense didn't play that bad at all. Also, it's just that they knocked out Tua early in the game, so it was seven nothing early, um, seven nothing Buffalo, seven nothing Buffalo with with twelve minutes left, and they got the ball back. No, and then Jalen Waddle he. He fumbled the ball, and Jalen Waddle. Um, yeah, so Jalen Waddle fumbled the ball. That was a tur- that was a costly turnover, and the Josh Allen capitalized off that with a five-yard touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. 
to cap to cap off that seven play 52 yard drive in three minutes and 39 seconds. So with seven minutes left in the first quarter, the Bills are already up 14 nothing, and the Bills are just shutting down shutting down the um shutting down the Dolphins and yeah really like I was saying from my last segment I'm saying that I was saying that the Bills were already up 14 nothing in the first half and in the first quarter and they were in control really this whole entire game Dawson in the so they were up 14 14 nothing at the half and Dawson Knox with 11 minutes and 48 seconds left, caught an eight-yard touchdown pass to improve their lead to improve their lead to 21 to nothing. And at this point, by all means, the game's over. Jacoby Brissett already has already um, replaced Tua, and he didn't really look so good. Only completing 24 for 40, 169 to one interception. Miles got their running game was. Um, but disappeared five carries, twenty five yards. It was, it was a non factor to say the least. Jalen Waddle six receptions, forty eight yards. The, the Dolphins they got destroyed, thirty five nothing. The Bills with a convincing win, with a convincing win, improved to one and one, and they redeemed themselves from last week's loss to the Steelers. So they're one and one now. And they are in first place in the AFC East. They're tied with Miami and New England, but this is a big division win against the Dolphins. They they beat they beat the Dolphins down and they won this game thirty five to nothing and it was a really balanced game. The Dolphins they they were in this game in the first half. They just couldn't score. Their their defense played so- solid. Xavier Howard picked off Josh Allen, but the Dolphins just couldn't score and. They lost this game 35 nothing. The Dolphins, the Dolphins fall to one and one, and they're in second place in the division because they beat New England, and that was a big win for them. They're one and one, so they're off to a solid start. And the Bills redeem themselves with by destroying the Dolphins. So now let's talk about the Patriots and the Jets. And when you ever, when you ever talk about the Patriots and the Jets. You always know it's going to be one of those lopsided wins with the Patriots beating the Jets 25-6. to All I have to say is Zach Wilson, four interceptions. And by that point, the game's over. Only 19 for 33, 210, four interceptions. Mac Jones played solid, but he played like the rookie that he is, just game managing, not throwing a touchdown, 22 for 30, only 186 yards. But just... He played better than Zach Wilson, and that's not saying much, but he looked like the more he looked like the more experienced quarterback, not taking the risks needed, just taking the short yards. Damian Harris had a a good game. He his sixteen carries, sixty two yards, one touchdown, and really the play of the game was that twenty six yard run, breaking eight tackles in the third quarter with ten minutes left to improve their lead to nineteen to three. And when it was the 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 bright spot for the the um the bright spot for the Jets, their defense was really impressive. So the Jets turned it over four times. They left the defense in a very bad position, and they only gave up thirteen points in the um going into the second half. They really contained that Patriots offense, and they only got up twenty five points, considering that they 
that um the Jets had four turnovers. New England had zero. That was that's the decided factor in the game. Jets had more total yards than New England, but it was really garbage time, empty calories when they already lost the game. The time of possession, Jets won it, but this really wasn't a factor at all. Eight and eighteen first downs for the Jets, seventeen first downs for the for New England, and 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 I really think that what's um was really important that at the press conference after the game, Robert Sala said it's okay to be boring. Like if I I agree with him on that one because Zach Wilson, he's that he coming out of the coming out of BYU he was that flat he was the more flashier quarterback than Mac Jones, always making that big throw, and in his second interception he had Elijah Moore wide open, but he wanted more and he saw Corey Davis and he threw it. And there was a high throw that Corey Davis could have caught, it, but it was just like a risky pass. And rather, as a rookie, you you take those you take the sure yards that you for sure could get, and it's not risky, and that could keep your team that that could keep your team in the game instead of throwing that thirty that flashier play, that highlight reel, and um um having the risk of throwing an interception. So the Jets are fall to zero and two. They look like the they look like one of the worst teams in the NFL. Hopefully, Robert Sala. I honestly think he's a solid coach, but they looked solid last week. But Zach Wilson four interceptions. I think he'll learn from this. This is a learning curve. Just expecting, just like learning that you don't always have to make the flashier play, as Robert Sala said um, at, at the press conference. They're fall to zero and two. Last last place in their division, and New England, um, New New England bounces back from their heartbreaking loss to the Dolphins, seventeen sixteen, where Damian Harris fumbled away the game, and he had a nice bounce back game, sixteen carries, sixty two yards. Um, so New England's one and one. They're uh, Buffalo, Miami, and New England are all tied and. The Jets are in last place looking like one of the worst teams in the NFL. And hopefully Zach Wilson just continues to improve and that will be a successful season for the Jets. So I'm just going to say the scoring plays. Nick Foles, 46-yard field goal, 4 minutes and 46 seconds left in the first quarter. James White, 7-yard touchdown run with 57 seconds left in the first in, in, 57 seconds left in the first quarter to improve New England's lead to 10-0. Matt Amendola, 21-yard field goal. So it's 10 to three. The Jets are still in the game, even with all the interceptions and everything. Nick Nick Fault, and it's still 10 to three when Nick Fault hit a 13-yard hit a 49-yard field goal with 13 seconds left in the second quarter, and the Jets were still in the game, even including those interceptions that Zach Wilson threw. But then the third quarter is where the the Patriots pulled away. Damian Harris, 26-yard run. 19 to three Jets and Nick Foles hit a 32 yard field 22-3 and by all means the game's over. Even after Damon Harris touchdown run, Madame Dole hit a 35 yard field goal 22 to 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 cut the deficit to 16, but it was and then Nick Foles hit a 26 yard field goal with one one minute 57 seconds left to get three points to the board and the Patriots ending with 25. The final score being Patriots 25, Jets 6. And at the end of the day, Belichick's, the, the, the lesson to learn from the Jets is 
Belichick owns rookie quarterbacks in general, and the Patriots look solid. But you really can't, you you really can't like say anything about this game because they were playing it, the Jets. Okay. Now let's talk about the 49ers and the Eagles. This was a low-scoring game, especially Jalen Hurts coming off that great game against the Falcons. But people didn't know how to, they didn't know what, like they didn't know how to create that performance because they were playing the Falcons. The, they also they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And if they could have won the, the 49ers game, they would they could have gained, they could have gained quite some respect in the NFL or around the league. Jalen Hurts, he played he played good, but they couldn't score. They couldn't really score touchdowns when it was needed. They only scored in the they only scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter when they were already down seventeen three. Jalen Hurts twelve for twenty three, one hundred ninety yards with one rushing touchdown. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo played solid in twenty two for thirty, one hundred eighty nine yards, one touchdown. Debo Samuel has been looking really impressive this this season. Six receptions, 93 yards. Elijah Mitchell, their rookie, 17 carries, 42 yards. So, the Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Bosa lead the 49ers past the Eagles, 17 to 11. We, the Eagles were up three nothing in the first quarter. This was really a low scoring game, seven to, seven to three 49ers at the end at the end of the first half. J. Juan Jennings catching 11 yard pass from Jimmy Garoppolo to to um, be leading 7-3 to three with 12 seconds left in the second quarter. And then in the fourth quarter is when Jimmy Garoppolo had a one-yard touchdown run, 14-3, to three, 49ers. And then Robbie Gold did a 46-yard field goal to improve their lead to 17-3 with five minutes left. And Jalen Hurts came back with a five-play 75-yard drive, a span of one minute, and, and with four minutes left, he ran in for a touchdown, and they, gained, they got the two two-point conversion, and you thought, so so it was 17-11, and you thought maybe the Eagles could still win this game, but that was not the case, and the 49ers held on to win this game, so I'll just say the stats real quick, 306 total yards for 49ers, 328 for the Philadelphia Eagles, zero turnovers by both teams, 23 first downs for the 49ers, 18 for the Philadelphia, and really the time possession really was one of the factors in this game. 34, 34 minutes for the 49ers, 25 minutes for the Eagles. And I also thought the deciding factors were the game when um, Jalen Hurts threw like a 90-yard pass to, to Quez Watkins, and he, and they didn't score t- and they didn't score a touchdown on that drive, and they and they didn't score a touchdown on the drive, not not converting a fourth down, but um like fourth and goal and they couldn't convert on that they didn't score on that they also had a blocked field goal so that could have won them the game but they lost this game 17 to 11 a close game the eagles fall to one and one they are in second place in their division behind washington and they have a big division game against dallas next week and they need to they need to win that game really san francisco improved to 2-0 and they're in a stacked division and this, they they got to keep on winning with this with this division. They're in first place right now, ahead of the Rams, Arizona, and Seattle. So this is a good one for the Niners, and the Eagles fall to one and one. Now let's talk about Las Vegas and the Steelers. Derek Carr has really been on a tear this this season, and he's looking as one of the MVP candidates this season. 
382 yards, two touchdowns, 28 for 37. Ben Roethlisberger, 295 yards, one touchdown, one interception. So that it was, it really came. Also, T.J. Watt pull, pulled his groin in the second quarter. That really hurt the Steelers' defense. And Henry Ruggs, five receptions, 113 yards, one touchdown, and his long touchdown pass from Derek Carr. Long, his um, his 61-yard touchdown pass from Derek Carr. Over the top, Miko Fitzpatrick, um, um, the safety, made one bad mistake, and it, it they were only down they were they were only down sixteen fourteen. Then the sixty one yard touchdown pass made them up two possessions, and by the by by all means the game was over. Chris Boswell hit a field goal to make it twenty three to seventeen, but Daniel Carson had a forty five yard field goal twenty six seventeen. Daniel Carson has really been impressive for the Raiders, honestly. And um, the one turnover for Pittsburgh hurt them. Um, the Raiders had zero. Time of possession, 34 for Las Vegas and 25 for Pittsburgh. 425 total yards for Las Vegas, 331 for Pittsburgh. 20, 22 first downs for Las Vegas, 17 for Pittsburgh. I really th- Also, the last, well, this is really bad for the for the for the Steelers. The game was already decided. The, the last play of the game, there was already a two-possession game and they couldn't win this game. And Deontay Johnson gets her and it looked like a severe injury. I don't, I didn't research what happened after, but it looked like a severe injury. So at the end of the day, the Steelers fall to one and one after their impressive win against the Steel, against the Bills. I don't think I really think they Najee is not getting going in the rushing in the rushing game, and he's not he has got to realize he's not getting the same holes that he was from Alabama. Ten carries, thirty eight yards, unimpressive at all. But at least he he got a twenty five yard touchdown pass from Ben. But Big Ben is not looking. He's out. I think he's out of his prime, and he can't really push the ball down the field to the Steelers' benefit. And this is what's costing them the games. All the games. They're going to have to rely on their defense to win these games. And with T.J. Watt being out, they couldn't have they couldn't do that. Deontay Johnson, nine receptions, 105, but he was injured, as I said, last play of the game. So that's something to look to look out for. The Las Vegas Raiders improved to 2-0, and they're in first place in the AFC West, which is a stack division, as I said before in the last segment. And I think the Raiders can make the playoffs because how good their team actually is, their defense. Their um the Raiders defense really improved from last year. They were one of the worst last year. Now they're really good. And Pittsburgh fall to one and one in the AFC North, where everyone's one and one. And hopefully, the the hopefully their def, um T J Watt is healthy right now. Also, they were missing Devin Bush and Joe Hayden, so hopefully they could get back. And they, yeah, so the Raiders improved to two and zero. Very impressive game from them. And the Pittsburgh Steelers fall to one and one. Okay, now let's talk about one of the one of the most exciting games of the eve of the four o'clock four o'clock um time frame. The Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings. This was one of the games that were really exciting, and Kyle Murray had a great game, four hundred yards, three touchdowns. But the only blemish on in in, in this game for him was the two interceptions. That what like he only really had five incompletions, in um not in not including the two interceptions, he only had two really bad passes, but he looked phenomenal. Kirk Cousins also looked really good, 
244 yards, three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 22 carries, 131 yards. He was really looking good at, in the first half, and then and then he cooled down a little bit. KJ Osborne, he 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 looks solid as a third wide receiver threat for the Vikings after Adam Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson. Five receptions, 91 yards, one touchdown, and he was a, surprisingly the leading receiver for the Vikings. And the Minnesota Minnesota got off to a great start. KJ Osborne catching a 64-yard touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins, to, and they were up 21 to seven after. Uh, um, so it was seven nothing Vikings. Then Kyler Murray came back with a 15-yard touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins was after the first drive, he was really neutralized, and then uh, Kirk Cousins responded with with his touchdown of his own seven yard touchdown pass to Adam Thielen, fourteen seven Minnesota, and then they stopped the Cardinals surprisingly and got the ball back. And Justin Jefferson got a four fourteen yard touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins. So it's twenty one to seven. I think the Vikings are in complete control. And that but Greg Joseph misses the PAT. And then Kyler Murray runs it in twelve yard run twenty to fourteen and then this is, I think this is one of, like, this is really a game-changing play and a momentum-swinging play. Rondell Moore, 77-yard touchdown pass from Kyler Murray. This was a phenomenal play from Kyler Murray and Rondell Moore. It was a one-play 77-yard 77 yard drive in a span of 13 seconds. To, and then Arizona was up one, 21-20. Greg Joseph hit a field goal, 23-21. But then three plays in 22 seconds, they got into field goal field goal range 21 sec with 21 seconds on the clock. Matt Prater hit a nails a 62 yard field goal. A very Matt Prater is he has a he has a, a great leg and he nailed that 62 yard field goal to put Arizona up in front by one. So then, but then the third quarter. The Arizona Cardinals got the ball first, so you're, may, you're thinking of maybe they'll score another touchdown, go up by eight or nine, but instead it turns out for the worst. And he, Kylo Murray, won, he threw a pick six. That was one of the um one of two bad throws that he um that he threw in the game, and he threw a 38 yard um interception. Nick Vigil, uh, pick six, and Minnesota was up 30 to 24. Then AJ Green. Kyler Murray bounces back from that bad throw and throws a touchdown to A.J. Green. A uh, nine-yard touchdown pass. And now Arizona's up 31-30. And then, with 14 minutes left in the game, Greg Joseph uh, Greg Joseph is um, hits a 52-yard field goal in the fourth quarter with 14 minutes left. 33-31 Arizona. And then Kyler drives them with... Uh, he get They get the ball with eight minutes and he drives them um a 10 play 55 yard drive a span of 4 minutes and with 4 minutes and 25 seconds left he nails a field goal 34 33 and then i think so minnesota they had a chance they were at their at the um the 28 i think like it was a 43 yard field goal attempt for um for um it was a 43 yard field goal attempt for for um joseph Greg Joseph for the win. They're down 34-33. Uh, there's like three seconds left, and he hits this. It's over. And if he misses, if, and if he misses, um, it, they lose a heartbreaker game, heartbreaking game. 
and he missed it wide right or I, I, I don't know it was wide something and it's just another heartbreaking loss for the Vikings a game that they played extremely well against a, a good Arizona Cardinals team this is a game that they that they should have won and they gave away they didn't the, the Cardinals the Cardinals won they played well enough to win this game but I think the Vikings outplayed them and it's just they have extremely bad luck. They lost in the in OT to the Bengals last week, a game I should have won. I think really right now they should be two and Instead, they're zero and two. They're one of the best teams to be zero and two right now though, and they're in last place in their division, tied with Detroit. But Arizona is two and and the NFC West is stacked. Two San Francisco is two and Los Angeles two and Arizona is also two and and Seattle's the only team one and one. Arizona has also a really tough division, so if they could get in, I think they could make the playoffs, but it would be tough for them. They got they got to continue winning, and Minnesota Vikings just heartbreak for them. Now let's talk about the Buccaneers Falcons, forty eight twenty five. I'm just gonna recap this game honestly because I wanna I wanna go into this game with detail. So the the um the Buccaneers were up twenty eight to ten. Falcons make it a game. Matt Ryan throwing 300 yards, two touchdowns, two, two touchdowns and three interceptions. So it's a game 20, 28. So it was 28 to 10. And Matt Ryan cuts it to 28, 25. And you're like, maybe the Falcons could somehow pull off the miracle and one of the one of the biggest upset upsets. And Tom Brady had something to say about that. He's like, no way we're losing to this Falcons team. He threw it in the fourth quarter. Um, a 12-yard touchdown pass to Chris Godwin, which extended their 10-point lead to give them some breathing room. And then the Falcons turned into the Falcons with Matt Ryan throwing two big sixes and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning 48-25. to And just a funny thing to say, uh, a funny stat is Matt Ryan, um, the most touchdown, touchdown passes that he threw to, like, um, was two touchdowns to Mike Edwards, to Mike Edwards, and his uh, his actual team, it's only one touchdown. It was Cordell Patterson and Chris Godwin. So he's been really throwing more touchdowns to the other team than his own team, which is really sad. And Falcons, really, they're atrocious, and the, and they play the Giants next week. Hopefully the Giants can get this that win. So if they lose that game, it's, the season's over. Tampa Bay approved the 2-0. I I think the Buccaneers' defense is is not as good as I expected them to be, but their offense, Tom Brady looks really good ball. Who doesn't look good against the Falcons? They improved to 2-0 with Carolina in their division. So the Buccaneers are still Super Bowl contenders, and the Falcons are just an atrocious team, and they still haven't recovered from the 28-3 blown lead. Okay, now let's talk about the Cowboys and the Chargers. This game was, everyone thought it was going to be a high-scoring game, um, but it did not turn out like that. It was fourteen to three early. Tony Pollard with a four yard touch, four yard run to to um for to make Dallas seed seven nothing. Then um Justin Herbert led the led led the team. No, I wasn't really led the team, but he um Tristan of Bishkenzo five five play seventeen yard drive seven three. Alley uh um. Um, Cowboys were leading, and then Zeke had a five-yard run at the end of the first quarter. Seventeen seconds left. 
five-yard touchdown run to extend their lead to 14 to three. And you think, and I think the the Chargers were a little bit nervous. Like everyone was, all the celebrities were there to watch the Cowboys and the Chargers at SoFi. And then they calmed down a little bit. They were down 14-3. After the first quarter, they relaxed. And and um in the second quarter, with nine with nine minutes left, Justin Herbert, 12-yard touchdown pass to Mike Williams in a 10-place, 75-yard drive five, in five minutes and 28 seconds to cut the deficit to three. And there was a stat that said that seven consecutive drives, the ch- Chargers made it to the Cowboys 35, and they really couldn't capitalize at all. In the third quarter, they tied the game 14-14. And the fourth quarter, um, yeah, 14-14. And in the fourth quarter, the Greg Zerline, seven, yeah, no. So it was 14-14, and then I think this is where Justin Herbert throws his pick. Is it? I think it's where they were in the red zone, and he threw the pick. He threw a pick because Keenan Allen fell, and then the Cowboys got the ball and drove down the field, and Greg Zerline kicked a 34-yard field goal, 17-14 Dallas. And then Tristan Viscanzo tied the game. It was supposed to be 21-17 LA. They scored the touchdown, but then the refs called it an illegal shift to move them back. And then they called the intentional grounding on Justin Herbert, and Michael Parsons, who was playing DN that game, got the sack. So... And the Chargers really, they handed the game off to the Cowboys. Cowboys didn't really play that impressive. Dak fumbled the ball, and he also threw one interception. Dak didn't really play good at all, throwing for none, no touchdowns, 237 yards. Herbert threw that two interceptions, but really destroyed them. 338, one touchdown. Other than that, he was really impressive. And so 17-17, and Dak has the ball with four minutes left and they drive down the field wasting all the time and poor um um poor managing the clock by Mike McCarthy them only getting the 56 yarder which I thought they would get like a a 40 yarder but instead they um they mismanaged the clock but Greg Zerline Greg the leg Zerline who ironically said he he went three for five field goals against the Buccaneers the week before and said if he did his job they would have won that game and he and this week he he um what's it called? he did his job and ironically they won this game and he um what he bailed out Mike McCarthy for poor for poor mismanaging of the clock. I'm just gonna give you the stats: four nineteen um, total yards for Dallas, four oh eight for LA, um, two turnovers for for the for the um, Chargers and one for for Dallas. And the time of possession was equal, 25 first downs for Dallas and 24 for LA for the Chargers. And I think the um, the Charger, um, Dallas, they they, had, they were off to a great start, 14-3. They only scored six points after that. So the, the Chargers defense was played pretty well after the first quarter. But the, Char- the Chargers made some mistakes and they lost the game. They Gave away the game to the Cowboys. So the Cowboys improved to one and one, and now play the Eagles for which seems like the Eagles. They they play the Eagles, which is a very meaningful game on Monday Night Football next week. And the Chargers they fall to one and one, and now are last last place in the division. This is a game they needed to win, especially the, especially um 
including the fact that the the division is very hard and you have to win all the games that you can win. And this was the game that they could win. And they fell short of winning this game with a game-winning field goal of Quigley Legs or like 56-yarder. 2017 Cowboys, great win for the Cowboys and bad loss for the Chargers. All right, so now let's talk about the Tennessee Titans, Seattle Seahawks, um, Tennessee Titans versus Seahawks game. Coming into this game, P. Carroll was 11 and 0 in home openers, in home in home openers in coaching the, the Seahawks, and it seemed like that would be. That would be twelve. That would improve to twelve and zero. Them being up thirty to sixteen, they were in control most the whole game. Jason Myers hitting a thirty-one yard field goal to three nothing Seahawks. Then they Randy Bullock tying the game three three. Randy Bullock hitting a field goal to and then Tennessee was up six to three. But then Russell Wilson sixty-three yard touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett has really been really impressive this season. So he caught a 63-yard touchdown fest, and now Seattle's up 10-6. Chris Carson, who I had in fantasy, two-yard touchdown run, 17-6. And then Randy Bullock hit a field goal. uh, No, but on that field goal, I really think Julio Jones caught that touchdown, but they ruled it out of bounds, but it really was a touchdown. So Randy Bullock, they only got three points when they should have got seven. So it. Uh, he cut the deficit to eight, so it was still a one possession game. But then Chris Carson, um, with 17 seconds left in the first in the in this in the in the first half, ran it ran it in for one yard touchdown run. Um, 24 nine at half, and Seahawks looked like they were gonna win this game. They're in control the whole entire game. Derrick Henry had an unbelievable game. He in the third quarter nine yard touchdown run. So to cut the deficit back to eight, 16-24. But then I thought this was when when the game was over. Freddie Swain, 68-yard touchdown pass from Russell Wilson. And then it's 30-16. to 16. So I'm like, I, Russell Wilson is playing phenomenal. 22 for 31, 343 yards, two touchdowns. I think he's playing phenomenal right now. And I thought the game was over. But Derrick Henry had had other things to say about that with a 60-yard touchdown run. And this, the 12-minute, they only used 49 seconds of the clock, 12 minutes, 17 seconds. He ran a 60-yard touchdown run to cut the deficit back to seven. And then Derrick Henry tied the game with 29 seconds left in regulation. They stopped, no, they stopped the Seahawks. Then they scored three minute and 44 second drive. And it tied the game 30-30 and forced OT. So, the ten- Tennessee Titans got the ball to start the overtime. They punted the ball back to the Seahawks. And if Russell Wilson got that field goal, could have put his team in field goal range. They might have had a chance to win. But they, I think they, they got it at their own 10-yard line. And they just went three and out and gave the ball back to Tennessee. And Randy Bullock nailed a 36-yard field goal. And... Pete Carroll falls to twelve and one in home openers in his career, eleven and one in home openers in his career, and the Titans come up with a much needed victory. And if they lost this game, they would have fallen to zero and two. But now they won this. This was a much needed victory, and they improved to one and one. Derrick Henry having one of those Derrick Henry games: thirty-five carries, one hundred eighty-two 
yards, three touchdowns. He was the he was the workhorse work, work in this game. Julio Jones also very impressive. Six receptions, 128 yards. Tyler Lockett played phenomenal. Eight receptions, 178 yards, one touchdown. Chris Carson, 13 carries, 31 yards, two touchdowns. And Russell Wilson also played great. I told you the stats. Right, let's look at the. Let's just look at the um. What's it called again? The stats as usual. Five five hundred thirty-two total yards for the Titans. Compared to the Seattle, only have 397 yards, one one inter, one turnover for Tennessee, and this is this is really the, the deciding factor. 42 minutes, they won the time of Tennessee. The Titans won the time of possession huge like by a huge amount. 42 minutes for Titans, 22 minutes only for Seattle. 33 first down for Tennessee, 17 first downs for Seattle. So Seattle. In this tough division, they needed this win, and they they just fell apart late in the game, and they lost in OT. So they fall to one and one. They had a great they had a great week in week one, and this is this is heartbreaking Seattle and Tennessee with a much needed victory. They have a very easy division. Houston in first place, surprisingly, they really got an easy division. So this is a much needed victory for them. So now let's talk about the game of the week. The Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the game of the week, and it started out horrible for the Ravens with a pick, 34-yard pick six from Tyron Matthew. And it looked like, oh, well, Lamar, he does not have the weapons this year, and he cannot compete with the Chiefs. 7 nothing Chiefs. But then Baltimore showed their resiliency and just they kept on and they just um like seven seven play yeah six plays seventy five yards just all runs and they just they um Lamar Jackson not even really doing anything on the drive and it seemed like I think I don't know their running back fumbled the ball but then Devin Durvenay recovered it it like went to him and he caught it to tie the game up seven seven and then Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. Eight play, ninety-two yard drive, four in four minutes and thirty-one seconds. He threw a thirty-three yard touchdown pass to Marcus Robinson. What's new? He's patching Mahomes, and the Ravens tied it up, fourteen fourteen. The Tavius Marty five yard run, five yard run. So it's fourteen fourteen. This is still a game, even though he threw a pick six, Lamar Jackson, and he also threw a pick. He also threw a pick. So he wasn't really impressive in the first quarter. But nevertheless, it's tie game 14-14. Now Williams with a two-yard run to improve to, to improve their lead to 21-14. to And Justin, Justin Tucker um, at the end of the first half with three seconds left hits a field goal. So it's 21 to 17. And the at the end of the at the end of the first half, even even when Considering the fact that Lamar threw two picks and it's only 21 to 17, Baltimore, I think, was heading into the locker room feeling like they still had a chance in this game. But then Byron Ping, um, Byron um, P- Pringle, the 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 Chiefs got the ball to start to have four. Patrick Mahomes doing what he does: 40-yard touchdown pass to Byron Ping, Pringle, extending their leads 28 to 17 and. And then you're like, oh, okay, maybe it's over by now, cause the 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 Baltimore is not built to come to come from behind. They're built to because they're a running team. They waste the clock, so they're not built to come from to come from behind from double digit double digit. 
So I thought the game was over at there's 28 to 17. But Lamar Jackson said otherwise, throwing a jump jump pass, 42-yard touchdown pass to Marquise Brown to cut the deficit to four. And, and like, maybe it's a game. But then Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, it was like a five-yard curl. And then Travis Kelsey doing what he does best, 40 yards, 46 yards. Uh, he ran it. He broke, like, three tackles for a touchdown. And at that point, I thought it was too good. 35-24, I thought the game was over. But Lamar Jackson, again, two-yard touchdown one with 14 minutes left, and they failed the two-point conversion. So it's 35-30 Kansas City. And and that, no, I think, I think, yeah. And then they stopped, they stopped, what's it called again? They stopped, they stopped, um, they stopped Patrick Mahomes again. And Lamar Jackson backflips his way into a one-yard run touchdown. And they failed the two-point conversion. So it's 36-35. I thought this game was over. Kansas City has it in the bag. They just have to drive down the field, which Patrick Mahomes does best, and just kick a field goal for the win. And that's what they were doing. That's what they were doing, that, the 35-yard line. And Andy Reid decides to be conservative running the ball, to run the ball one time with Edward Tiller, and and it bit him. Because Hilaire fumbled the ball, and I think he might be in the doghouse by now because terrible game from him, and he fumbled the get ball away. And then, so with one minute and 14 seconds up, whatever, around that, whatever one-minute mark, they used all their timeouts. It was a fourth and one. And John Harbuck um, asked his quarterback, Lamar, do you want to go for it? And Lamar said, hell yeah. And he got the first down with, um, he got the game-clinching, for game-sealing first down. And the Ravens were ecstatic after this one. They were going crazy. And they won 36-35, the Chiefs. This was well, this is one this was one of the games that like the Ravens turned into the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the Chiefs usually win this game. We um usually come from behind always, but instead it was the Ravens. And they were um the Chiefs were on the other side of a comeback. Four so the total yards four hundred and five for Kansas City, four hundred and eighty one for Baltimore. But the Kansas City could not stop the run at all this game. Two turnovers for each team. Um, a fumble with Hilaire and the interception by Mahomes and two interceptions by Lamar. And the time of possession, 35 minutes to 24 minutes. You have to win the time of possession battle for playing Patrick Mahomes. And 31 first downs for Baltimore, 22 for Kansas City. And Baltimore with a much-needed victory. And they improved to one and one, and the top of the AFC North, they're all the the um the whole division is one and one, and Kansas City is in the in this tough division. I still think they're going to be in first place. This is one of the one of the rare games that they lost, but they were on the other side of a comeback and they lost this game, which I was very surprised. And they were they were really um favorites to win this game, and they lost, so they fall to one and one, and the Ravens improve. To one and one with a much needed victory. Okay. The final the final game of the week. Monday night football, thirty-five to seventeen. I and before the ga- um many people before the game thought that the Packers would send the Lions pa- sent the Lions packing home back to Motor City. And it didn't seem like that. The Lions got off to a great start, seven nothing. Um, uh, um, Jared Goff threw a five-yard touchdown pass to Quintus Cephas, to, to and then Detroit was up seven-seven, but 
Aaron Rodgers tied the game up with three minutes and 45 seconds left. 11 play, 75 yard drive to tie the game seven to seven. So, to tie the game seven to seven. But then Jared Goff gets the ball. I think, no. Yeah, so Jared Goff in the second quarter with seven minutes and 22 seconds left. He hits TJ Hawkinson, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, eight yard touchdown pass. And the Detroit is up 14 to seven. You're like, maybe the. The Packers still ha- haven't recovered from that beatdown that they took from the Saints. So they're down 14-7, to but then Aaron Rodgers throws another touchdown pass to Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones scored four touchdowns, um, four touchdowns, and he was really impressive this week. He got four touchdowns and was scored 41 points in fantasy. And was really, he played really, he played great, he played great um, this week. And Austin Cyber hit a 43-yard field goal for the Lions to improve their lead to 17-14 at the half. So you're like, Detroit Lions beating the Green Bay Packers. You're like that's really no one ever saw, no one saw this coming. 17-14. Like maybe the Packers, if they lose this game, I think this season's over. They cannot recover from this one. Down 17 to 14, and then. Aaron Rodgers doing what he does best, getting the ball the half. He went 14 for 17, I think, in the first in this in the second half, 14 for 17, um, 14 for 17, 100 and um, 180 yards, like three, three, uh, two two touchdowns. He really showed why he was one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. And Devontae, eight receptions, 121 yards. He played a great game also. So so they're down 17 to 14, 22-yard touchdown pass to Robert Tonyan to, to be leading Detroit by four. And then to pull away, 11-yard touchdown pass to Aaron Jones again, 28-17. And then, the, and then the, when the deciding the deciding fact, the, when the game, so the game-sealing touchdown was Aaron Jones' one-yard touchdown run to improve their lead. Um, 35-17 with 12 minutes left in fourth quarter, and by then the game was over. Jared Goff played a great game in the first half, and second he threw an interception, so 246, two touchdowns, one interception. Rodgers threw for 255, four touchdowns. Aaron Jones had three two receiving touchdowns, no three receiving touchdowns, and one. And one um, rushing touchdown, Devontae. Yeah, I said Devontae. TJ Hawkinson, eight receptions, 66 yards, one touchdown. He had a great game. Okay, let's just talk about the stats. 344. 344 for Detroit, 323 for Green Bay. That's surprising. But the two turnovers for Detroit and zero for Green Bay, that that was a factor. Also, the time of possession, Green Bay won it 33 minutes. It's 26, 26, 26 minutes, and Green Bay had 25 first downs, two in comparison to Detroit, 19 first downs. So Green, so Green Bay, after getting destroyed by the Saints, and that that's being nice to the Packers, losing 38 to three, they bounce back in Lambeau and send the Lions packing to Motor City. Lions fall to 0 and 2, but they, I think the Lions have shown potential. Honestly, they showed resiliency, um, coming almost coming back from. Being down thirty to ten against the Forty ers but and they showed resiliency, so they showed some side signs of of a bright future. And the Packers, this was this was a mu- this was a must win, and they won this game. 
they almost they they were losing in the enter um entering the second half, but then Aaron Rodgers showed why he's the greatest quarterback of all time. So to cap off this week, this was an exciting and and exciting and entertaining week to watch football to watch football to watch football and I think the primetime games were really the were one of the best games of the week. Thursday night football and Sunday night football. So this week was really entertaining and exciting. And I think I talked about all the all the games this week. It was re- really entertaining week. And yeah, I think that that's it for this episode. So it's Izzy S this year. I'm from the first episode of the Game Over podcast. And yeah, so thank you thank you everybody who's listening right now. And Peace.